You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Zach Chapman, and together we explore different subgenres and tropes of genre fiction while trying to cope with our places in the universe by drinking beer. Today we are exploring the haunted house, and we're not going it alone. We are here with Miguel Villa, who is a horror connoisseur of the highest order. Welcome to the show, Miguel. Thanks for having me. We're going to explore some pre-20th century uh, haunted house tales, short stories. We're going to explore some modern stuff, but the meat of our episode is going to be 20th century novels, The Haunting at Hill House by Shirley Jackson and Hell House by Richard Matheson. So, uh, let's... Yeah, let's get started with our first beer. Our first beer, sir, is uh, Mocha Milk Stout Brewed with Coffee by, Alas- by Alaskan Brewery. That's really a haunted... It's a very haunting beer. You demanded, sir, that we had a stout. I don't drink stouts, but... Uh... That's pretty, uh... Not normally a fan of stouts, but... Oh, so I'm the bad guy? You're the bad guy. I don't <laughs> stouts. Yeah, yeah. stouts are... Alright, so this is the... Uh, well, this is episode one, but uh, in our previous podcasts, this is the part where we uh, do no back and forth. So what have you been reading? What have you been writing? What have you been playing? We should let our guests do that. Yeah, Miguel, what's... Right? Yeah, what, what's Put him in the hot seat. Um, well, you know, I'm, I'm deep into comics, so I've been reading Walking Dead. That's my every month. So, uh, yeah, I've been reading that, and uh, also I've been focusing on Invincible, because I'm a Kirkman guy. Is that... I thought that shit was over. No, it's got a couple more uh, a couple more issues. That's what you've been saying for like, the last, like, <laughs> they came out, six months. No, no, they came out and said it was a year left. So, 12, you know, 12 issues, so... Cool. It's, yeah, uh, it's the best superhero comic I've ever read. Whoa. Yeah. And you've read Bar a lot. None. P- pretty... And I've read a lot, yeah. Yeah. So you like that Kirkman drama bullshit, huh? Like that. Uh, See, I'm, I have not read any comics in like ten years, so I don't even know. <laughs> okay. I know. I'm just drinking this uh, beer, having a good time right now. Yeah. What, what drama? What's what's the drama with Kirkman? Oh no, like like just that soap opera. Oh well, yeah, yeah. yeah. You like you like your uh, telenovelas? You like that? <laughs> that was racist, but yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> Uh, Miguel's Mexican. So. Yeah. Oh, oh, if you didn't know about my name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Zach uses that as a shield. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I just, I, I like his writing. I like his writing style. And the artist, Ryan Otley, kills it. Always. Well, so I'm going to piggyback off of what you're saying with Kirkman. I'm reading Outcast. Uh, I guess it's been a little bit, well, like a couple of weeks, but... The, I'm pretty, like, up-to-date on it, and I think that's becoming a superhero comic, too. It was, like, kind of based in horror, but then the main character kind of got some superpowers yeah. kind of thing, and yeah. uh, I'm digging it. I I, uh, I mean, I liked it throughout, but now it feels like the pacing is getting faster, which is, like, I think it was much needed because, the like, maybe Volume 3 got a little sticky where yeah. it's like, dude, it's the same shit, man. You got to tell me what's going on. I like that he didn't go religious with it. Like, we, for yeah. a second you thought he was going to, and I'm just tired of that. So I like that he went a different way with it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. You don't go to a good Halloween party? Oh, dude, we were uh, oh. we were at a good Halloween party. Yeah. 
Oh, uh, Zachy Appleseed over there, man, had a great uh, had a great co- um, party. Costume, so, costume ball, party. a gala. So, so, so Zach's got this game that he uh, plays every time. <laughs> I, I, last time I saw, last time I was at a party with Zach was his Halloween party last year, and he had this game. You, you throwing darts at beer cans, and this motherfucker. <laughs> He's like the best at this game, and he's cho- he's putting like IPAs down you know, yeah. for the poor guy to just get drunk <laughs> off of, dude. And I've never played that game either. This is some pretty country stuff. Yeah, yeah it is. It's pretty uh, redneck. It's, pretty, it's basically lawn darts, so you just throwing at each other. But you throw it at a beer can. Yeah, and, and then it, they got uh, a drink. Then they got a shotgun the beer can if you puncture it. As the night goes on, people are getting drunker and drunker. And they get worse. Oh man, it's but, good shit. But Zach's just eating airheads and he's <laughs> yeah. off the wall because yeah, he doesn't have to drink. Yeah, yeah. I'm sober. I was sober the whole night. I didn't have a hangover. Uh, I don't stairs. know about that. <laughs> <laughs> in a in a beautiful costume. I didn't know the light. You had some gams on you. The, oh yeah. yeah. You like this? The glutes. I like yeah, it. Dude. I like <laughs> it. That's pretty good. Below the waist, I might have been tripped. <laughs> but uh, I was I was Ned Flanders for Halloween, and and literally everyone came up to me and thought I was Ron Swanson. And, uh, and I was like, dude, Ron Swanson doesn't have glasses, motherfucker. And I realized they're just fat shaming me. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> no, I, I literally couldn't look at Taylor the whole time. Taylor's costume was creeping me out. This just comes from a man who watches horror films basically every day of his life. I couldn't even look at her in eyes. Do you know what she was? Yeah, she was from... Uh, uh, what's uh, eating... Or no, ba- <laughs> Baby Jane. She was, what, whatever what, happened to Baby Jane? Yeah, what's eating Gilbert Grape, yeah. right? What's she eating was, Gilbert Grape? She was yeah. Gilbert Grape. That, that would have been Gilbert fucking worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's get this uh, party rolling here. So the first beer here is a dark stout. It has no relationship to the to the, to the the what we're talking about now. But uh, Zach demanded it. And, and I obliged. Hey, man, I like it. It's pretty smooth. It's pretty, you know, for that's, a that's the thing is like a lot of stouts, stouts shouldn't have a lot of bite. Like it should be, you know, m- more a malty thing, right? I don't mm. know. I'm, I'm just talking about what, what, what was your, your classic uh, line? Kick in the back. It's got, it's got a, little, a nice kick little kick in the back. Yeah, that's right? a bullshit line you said when you're, <laughs> you're talking to people who don't know about beer. And I was, I mean, and if you don't know about your beer, you just say, it's got a little kick in the back. And yeah. We'll eat it up. All right. So enough of this banter. Let's talk about some haunted house genre shit like what where are the origins i i know these aren't like necessarily the very first stories but i went ahead and i picked two i picked a short story called the yellow wallpaper and on my show notes i don't have who it's by which is embarrassing but it's a novella or it's a pretty short story actually it's about six thousand words it's all in first person and it's uh, journal entries of a woman who's got a physician for a husband, and he's rented an old mansion for the summer, and forgoing other rooms in the house, the couple moves into the upstairs nursery that is covered in some old, dank, yellow wallpaper. Wow. What did you guys think of it? I love the story, but I have to say my intern is much better than yours because uh, <laughs> Yellow Wallpaper was written by Charlotte Perkins Gilman. There we go. My intern is named Google.com. <laughs> it's actually pronounced Gilman. Oh, well. Dude. Oh, shit. <laughs> no. He comes in. I'm just kidding. the whole damn place. Uh, I love the story, and I thought it was really great because you see this psychosis develop because it's written in like a journalistic style. Like she's journaling, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, today we did this, and you can see the psycho psychosis uh, 
build throughout each entry. Right. And towards by the end, it's totally fucked up. I mean, yeah. it's, it's simplistically written. It's not like the greatest piece of literature ever written, but totally fucked up ending. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. If it was written today, it would be like, you know, horror fans would cream their pants for it. Yeah. Right? It was, it was a descent into madness. Yeah. I, I really, really liked it. Um, I, I liked it, it. Obviously, it was, you know, written by a woman. It had a big feminist, you know, uh, I don't know if bend is the right word for it, but it was very feminist. Um, you're talking about this oppression by, by the, you know, the men that think they know better. The men physicists too. It's yeah. or, or, or doctor. Sorry, a doctor. God, yeah. Uh, physician. Physician. Yeah. Who think they know better and all they need to do is rest. Yeah. And she's literally his cure for her ailment, which is depression uh, supposedly is to, is literally driving her crazy. Yeah, yeah, to rest like that's not she. He's telling her, oh, you know, you need to relax. You can't, can't do any work. It's like no, that's not going to make you any better. Like that's going to drive you more nuts. Right. At least in our you know twenty first century. Right. Look yeah. at the <laughs> and she and she can't write either. She has to hide her writings from her husband and and his was, sister. His sister, yeah, her sister in law. Yeah, the feminist thing is uh, almost a common strain throughout these haunted house stories here. Well, we'll talk about the haunting at Hill House and those the feminist uh, ideas there. But yeah, I did notice, I did pick up a little bit on that. Uh, I just thought it was a really great story. One thing I noticed about the story that's like obviously different from all of the other stories that we're going to talk about, she never uses the word ghost or specter or haunt right. or haint or anything yeah. like that. She just says, there's just these women that are coming out of the wallpaper, yeah. which is pretty fucking haunting. Like, the yeah. imagery, I love the imagery. Like, the wallpaper is, she describes it as, like, this fungus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's it's really cool. Has, has this ever been made into, like, a movie or a short? I mean, I'm sure a short exists by some art student somewhere. Right. But, I know they, were, they did plays. Yeah. They did plays on it. Um, and it was actually written from... From experiences that she had, that she went through. Yeah. She went through an episode of depression, and she was seeing this doctor who made her uh, take the rest cure. Yeah. And she wasn't able to write, and she's a writer, and they told her not to write. So she actually had to um, hide her writings. Wow. And so she wrote this to kind of – and send a copy to her doctor so he would know how he was basically driving her crazy. And so she was trying to affect change. Didn't happen. Right. I love that. Yeah. That's so awesome. Netflix, you can redo, you can make this story into like a, into a movie. You can also probably make a biopic on the lady who wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great story. I was, I was really surprised at how much I liked that movie. Yeah, me too. I was like, I mean, I was getting ready because it was written 1892. So I was getting ready for some like slow ass pacing, which. I'm going to wrap into the next book that we were talking about, which is a novella that's, it's longer. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that one, the turn of the screw was a little bit slow for me. A little bit slow fast. Okay, and to, to be fair, there's a uh, adaptation of it that's, like, one of my favorite movies ever. It's called The Innocence. Yeah. So I kind of knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's basically like here. Here's the rundown. Uh, it's a young woman's first job, and she's coming to be a governess slash tutor slash nanny for two kind of kind of normal kids. They're a little silent, maybe uh, Miles and Flora, and um, 
at a forlorn estate, and the guy the guy who owns the estate is the uncle of these kids, and he's like, I don't want to fucking deal with these kids. Do not contact me at all. You just run it. Be the governess. That's it. Um, which is like, that's a cool setup, right? Um, and then nothing happens. Miles comes home. He's dismissed from boarding school without explanation. That's kind of a cool little bit of a mystery that you think you're going to get. And then gradually the governess uh, becomes aware of two presences, like two specters maybe, question yeah. mark, of uh, uh, the previous governess and her lover, who's kind of like this evil dude, maybe, because it's, there's like, it's all kind of like rumor based. It's all he said, she said, like with the, the governess's assistants, like kind of like explaining some of this stuff. Um but overall, I think – so what I love about the movie is these children are very – they're creepy as fuck. And in the, the – at least what I felt when I read this, the children felt very normal. And it, I wasn't freaked out by them. It didn't – it wasn't scary. Like there are parts where they walk around at night and then, you know, that's supposed to be creepy. But in the movie, like – the little boy is like kind of like making like strange sexual advances, and I w- wasn't really picking that up in the yeah. in the text. What do you guys feel? I definitely it may just be me, but it felt like the two ghosts. There was some sort of child molestation there. Like they they were talking a lot about they were very close. Yeah, they were with, with the chi- with yeah. the ch- children and. Um, even in there, they said something like "too close" or something like that. It was, it was an undertone there. And, and just in reading some articles about it, there was de- there's definitely, you know, people say that there's that undertone there. So I don't, the, I caught it. The turn of the screw is like subtle as fuck. Yeah, like it's just, and I think that's, and we'll eventually get to Matheson, and it's just a preference. But I prefer gratuitous versus. Very subtle. I mean, I, I wonder: uh, did the innocence have any of that child molestation theme have played out in it? Maybe I don't yeah. think so. But it was, it was good. It was better. And you also, the thing is, like you're seeing these images, and they're present in the the story. But the way it's written, it's not captivating. It's not gripping. Like yeah. she's like, oh, and then I saw this woman in that that. She's just standing yeah. over there. But when you see it on the big screen, you don't even notice it at first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, because it's in black and white. Yeah. And then there's kind of like a, like this tall uh, rice style grass. like, yeah. And you just gradually see this creepy as fuck woman just standing there. And the girl's like playing in front of her. And it's like, that's haunting imagery. And there's no imagery in this story. Well, there's a weird... Um... There's a weird commonality between these stories is, like, there's a sexual anxiety, and there's, like, a sexual repression, and I feel like the haunted house is kind of, like, is a symbol for closing off those things, but, you know, it's just, uh, it's it's pretty prevalent throughout all the stories, even in the earliest one, the yellow, you know, the yellow wallpaper. Yeah. What did you think of his writing style? Because for me, it was very unpleasant. Uh, It's, like, this staccato style where he, he, she'll be thinking something, and she'll go back to a previous... Thing, all in the same sentence. I, I was reading and highlighted. It, there was one sentence that was like three paragraphs long. <laughs> it's just not this. The, the sentence structure was so complex. 
Um, I'm just not used to reading that style. Yeah, that seems like a really pre-20th century kind of thing. Yeah, Yeah, and it was also, let me see, published in... 1898. Yeah, so it's right around... The Victorian era. Yeah, it's right around the Yellow Wallpaper, but personally, I just love the Yellow Wallpaper so much. Yeah, I thought Yellow Wallpaper was great. And and this story, or this this novel, because this is fucking long. Yes. Uh, But yeah, yeah, let's wrap it up. Overall, you can skip that one. Uh, watch the movie instead. <laughs> Read the Wikipedia I think that was page. a census. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, so our second beer here. Uh, let's see what I got here in this trailer box of madness. Ding. Dead guy ale, and that is obvious. I mean, I picked it because you know a lot of these stories involve dead guys. I have no idea what this beer is. Dude, who's the publisher on that beer? <laughs> uh, looks like Rogue. Yeah. Sick by Rogue Ales, bruh. Alright. Wow, it has cascading fucking foam and it's a uh, amberish color. Oh man. This is pretty I, uh, this looks poured good. this really shittily and now it's all foamy. Yeah, well here we go guys. Let's go to the next story. Alright, Tink. Cheers. 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 Over the equipment. <laughs> Zap. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> what do you think? Uh it's it's alright. I mean I, I could definitely drink this beer um if there was no, no other options. I like it. I like I it better than the first one. Pretty good. I think I, I definitely like it more than the first one because I do not like malty beer. Yeah. This has some malt, but it this has is, a lighter quality. Yeah. yeah, it has malt, but it has a kick in the back. Yeah, definitely <laughs> has a definite. Well, how you say uh, definitely kick in the back, yeah. and then it kind of fools you in the front. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> I want that T-shirt. Yeah, kick, kick in the back, back fools in the front. front. Yeah. All right, cool. So we're this is like second beer. This is like miscellaneous section. So we're just gonna. It's almost more like a lightning round and. I have some notes, and we'll be more prepared next time with more additive notes, because I know everyone else has uh, some things that they want to talk about that not all of us have read. And then there's a couple on here that we've all read. But uh, first off, I'm going to start off with Cold Heart Canyon, which is a novel by Clive Barker, and it's a it's a chunky novel, too. It's it's not little. It, it opens in the 1920s. Uh, Hollywood starlet couple Katya and William are visiting Romania. Well, while they're visiting a monk monastery, uh, William comes across a room of tiles that are kind of like a disturbing mural, and he decides to buy it and have it shipped back to ho- Hollywood for as a gift for Katya, because Katya's, like, weird. But this mural is, like, re- described as, like, all of these people hunting and killing each other and, and performing bizarre sex acts and all kinds of depravity. And uh, th- so that's just like kind of like the prologue, and then uh, it skips back to when this uh, novel was published, early two thousands. Todd, an actor, gets a botched plastic surgery, and his agent sends him out to Katya's old house while he recovers. And Katya is, you know, she had this whole room recreated in her basement, and. He gets out there, and immediately there's, like, all this, like, freaky shit going on in the valley. And this is kind of a... I'm not sure... It it is a haunted house story, but the ghosts aren't in the house. The ghosts... uh, There's actually, like, wards to keep the ghosts out, because these ghosts are, like, visceral. Like, they will kill the fuck out of you. And they're ghosts of, uh, like, all these actors from the 1920s that uh, had orgies with animals and incest and, like, all this gratuitous, nasty, Clive Barkery shit mm-hmm. and then died and then 
the ghosts are just these mix of like, and they're semi corporal. So like they can like grab people, but they're like a mix between like a human and a peacock. It's some really cool, crazy imagery. And I actually really dug the hell out of this novel. I'd highly recommend it. It's Clive Barker, but like, uh, good. Like real, like pretty damn good. I, I was never a fan of Clive Barker, and this is like this is a prejudice of mine that I'll never ever like be forgiven for. I'm sure, but when I was a kid, I was really into Goosebumps and stuff. And then one of my aunts bought me a Clive Barker book because she thought it was time for me to move on. <laughs> but and she was probably right. But I was pretty young still, and I and it had the cover image, and it was like this terrible amateurish artwork. And then I looked inside the cover, and it was cover art by Clive Barker. And <laughs> he, still, he still draws his own cover sometimes. Yeah, he does. Yes, and he does. The, the art is so bad. So you couldn't even read the book? Well, I did read okay. it, and it was okay, but it's just like, what kind of guy? Who thinks? Yeah. I understand he's like the British Stephen King or whatever, but man, Stephen King at least had the sense not to draw his own covers. Yeah. He, he can. Do an ending better than a Stephen King can. Yeah. A lot of people can do an ending. Yeah, better than yeah. Stephen, King. Stephen King's pretty bad at endings. That's true. Um, but yeah, dude. Uh, and, and I'm kind of the same way on Clive Barker. Like, I've read one... I read The Damnation Game, and I actually, like, pretty... I hated that. And that's mm. supposed to be, like, his one of his best books. Yeah. Other than Books of Blood, which I haven't read. And I know I need to. But, uh, I mean, yeah. Do you have any, Miguel, on... Um, I've not... Clive Barker is kind of on the same level with, like, uh, Dean Coots. I can't, I can't uh, get into them. Dude, that's fucked up. Yeah. Dude, you're you're throwing. I know, that. throwing it down. So so oh, take it down. All right. Well, so, so have you read any Clive Barker at all? And just said, "Fuck this guy." Yeah, I can, I cannot remember the name of the novel that I read, but I uh, just he wasn't for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he just doesn't do it for me. I I think he's like a Stephen King's strength is that he spins a good yarn. He has good characters, and I think Clive Barker doesn't do that well. And so I'm not interested in the characters at all. But, you know, I haven't read very much. All right. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, let's move on to Horror Story. Horror Story I have more to say about. And Horror Story is interesting because we were talking about sexuality, which that Clyde Barker book seems to have. Yeah, ton of it. Yellow wallpaper, you know, the turn of the screw. Hill House and Hell House is packed with it. Horror Store is the most contemporary of everything we're reading, and it's almost completely devoid of any sexual desire at all. Yeah. And... So while I liked the book and I could see that, I I, I almost thought that he was writing for a screen adaptation. Because it's very simple, very dialogue heavy. Mm -hmm. There's not a ton of character development. Mm -hmm. It follows like the the format pretty easily. And the the one other thing that makes this distinct from the other books is that there is a there is an actual villain ghost. You know what I mean? There's an actual villain to be defeated. It's less about everybody else's personalities and how they interact and stuff. It's more about holy shit, this guy is <laughs> haunting this Ikea and killing people. We need to defeat him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought it was a little bit more of a simplistic book. I mean, it was good. And I had a good idea putting the haunting inside of uh, an Ikea. Because the one other thing that, that matches with the other books is that all the houses are disorienting. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Ikea is it's naturally na- disorienting. Yeah, yeah. it's such a great yeah. uh, way to mix that. Yeah. Well, and speaking of it seeming to be very adaptable... I think Fox is uh, developing... I think it got, like, greenlit for, like, a series by yeah. Fox or something. Yeah. Or, like, one of those... I mean, well, since it's on Fox, who fucking knows if yeah. it's the second season. But, yeah. yeah. So I was reading up, and they were saying it's, like, a horror comedy. Did you get the comedy tone in the book? Well, see, so... Bit. Okay. Yeah, I, mean, I, I got, like, the first half. The first... 
I mean, the concept, obviously, you know, it's a haunted Ikea. Yeah. Well, the the things that were funny is uh, in between each chapter, there's like an advertisement for an Ikea style Which I loved. Yeah. That was awesome. The design of the book is beautiful. If If you go to a bookstore, pick it up. Look, just open it up because it's a beautifully designed book. But yeah, each each chapter starts off with a IKEA thing, and the, the names are funny, kind of, and then the descriptions are funny. But as the book progressive progresses, it gets worse and worse. Like it becomes more terrifying, yeah. and it's kind of like doing this thing. It's a very modern thing to do, where let's compare work and consumerism to this existential terror, yeah. you know. But I also think like the book was was pretty simplistic, so it didn't get that message. Fully across, like it used that, it used that as kind of an overarching theme, but didn't really, didn't really delve too deep into it. I like those advertisements. It was kind of reminiscent of uh, Watchmen, the you know the comic book. Yeah, when you have the trade paperback in between each comic book, there, there's an additional, like uh, I believe it's a short story, frame story, frame yeah. story, and it's the what the pirate. Whoa, whoa, hold on. Speaking of frame story, we got a. Go back to turn of the screw real quick because okay. it opens with a frame story and it just fucking ends without a frame story. I just sorry. Yes. We can we, we'll we'll go back. I but, downloaded yeah. two versions of that just book to make, to make sure. sure. Just like, to make sure. What the fuck? It just ends because in the beginning he says oh, we don't. He, she falls in love with somebody or maybe, and then at the end I'm hoping for a happy love story ending. Yeah, I actually really like the frame story I because it's stories. it's so much about like ghost the way ghost stories and haunted house stories are told are are tales to be told in front of a fire in front of like a campsite or a brazier you know like where everyone's talking and that's how that book starts out anyways let's go back to our miscellaneous yeah yeah so i i really i really like this book a lot i i like the the author grady hendrix i've read a couple of his books and it's everything he's written you know i love i I agree with you it's very simplistic yeah which you know when you're reading like like crazy uh, books that are like a thousand pages, like a Stephen King, yeah. something simple is, is nice. Yeah, the the deaths or the kills oh. are so graphic. No, what? No, <laughs> no. I disagree. Really? I thought it was fucking tame, and that's that's my biggest gripe with this book okay. is that the most of the deaths happen off screen and then the ending is like oh well maybe they didn't die let's go save them it's like <laughs> that kind part of two, buddy. yeah you're right that, that is part two part but two. i you know, I, I didn't realize but i want to talk about that like what the fuck do they think they're gonna find in there you know like their friends are dead we yeah. don't know we don't screen yeah but, that's, but how many with years two people with yeah. three people that's yeah. sorry i i can't even i should probably abstain no <laughs> okay yeah. so well, I agree. And see, I, I I did not hate the book. I actually liked the book, but compared to everything else we're reading, it was like a PG thirteen version yeah. of. It felt okay. YA. But yeah, it felt YA, and, and like the humor. Like, while it was it was funny, it was more like a chuckle funny rather than yeah. rather than super humorous. And I think that I, mean, I think it was a conscious decision. It could have easily been put into YA. Mm. Uh, I think the only thing that kept it out of YA is that they're adults doing adult jobs. But there's like no sexuality, at least yeah. unless I'm like forgetting something. But there's like no sexual tension. Uh, the only sexual tension is between the two people who are kind of get, lovers who get yeah lost. Yeah, and literally they get lost to death. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> in the story compared to Hell House and Richard Matheson, every death is tame. Every yeah, right. is tame. No shit. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But it's still. I mean, 
I feel like this could have easily fit in a YA. And the other thing is, though, it's an easy book to read. It was real fun to read. It was quick to read. Um, I just, it just as far as like horror stories go, I feel like the idea was so good. Yeah. There's going to be another one out there that's going to be better. If you, Speaking of Grady, or you want go ahead. I was going to say, if you like Grady Hendrix, his follow-up to that was uh, My Best Friend's Exorcism, uh, which is like Heather's and The Exorcist into one, and it's amazing. Oh, I, cool. I love that book. Is there any sex in it, dude? <laughs> I, well, I was, I was going to say, uh, well, I know Miguel and I, because I, I hooked him up, but... We're, it's my bathroom read now. Uh, it's this beautiful, it's this gorgeous book. It's amazing. Called uh, Paperbacks from Hell. And it's uh, shitty paperback books from the 70s and 80s that Grady read through. And I, I like, I talked to him and he was telling me, like, he would read, like, a couple of these books a day. Yeah. And I think the last number he said he had, like, read, like, 340-something of these. Wow. And, 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 yeah, and they're just, like, he, you know, the, these are books that were just on, like, the spinner rack at, like, uh, you know, your Walgreens. Or, yeah, yeah. And, and, and so he just went through and found the shit and the gold. And it's just, that's a fun book. Uh, it's a textbook. It's required reading for any horror fan. If you like horror books, even if you don't like reading, you need this. It's so beautiful. It, yeah, because of these these covers are insane. Yes. Oh, oh, if you like art, any type of art, I mean, yeah, I, I love that book. It's it's amazing. Um, obviously, we weren't disrespecting Grady Hendrix Fuck at Grady all. Hendrix. <laughs> no, I obviously just, love just, just when it comes to the pantheon of haunted house well, stories. And when it comes to him saying, I actually like that. This, uh, you guys are being disrespectful. <laughs> him saying that uh, Stranger Things isn't good. Well, uh, I don't know about that, but uh, we're gonna have that argument later. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll have that. Ar- okay, uh, uh, so we got, we gotta finish this beer, guys. We're slowing down. Yeah, here. we gotta get to the burpy, more lubricated yeah. stuff. For the real sexual adventures that, that are ahead. All right, it's about to get so, weird. Andrew, you had one book that you <laughs> yeah. told me to read, but I didn't get to. Get, did you want to cover that? Real yeah, quick? well, I was going to recommend it. Um, it's uh, the train derails in Boston by Jessica McHugh. It's a really great story. And now, let's, when we talk about Matheson and Shirley Jackson and all these things, we talk about sexual tension stuff. This is this is some pretty sexually tense traumatic stuff in this book but it's a great book and it involves haunted mahjong tiles so it's a uh, it's a super cool book you just gotta you just gotta check it out it's available on Amazon you can order it through your bookstore too um, it's a great book The Train haunted Derails Mahjong tiles. yeah yeah dude you would love it okay. Train Derails in Boston by you Jessica you know McKee. I love mahjong yeah. Okay, yeah I know dude we play all the time alright I'll do uh, one more in the miscellaneous section before we get to the main event so there's this comic called Ghosted that uh, I mean if you're into this haunted house genre I can't not recommend it because it's about uh, just imagine like one of the greatest criminal masterminds to that ever lived he gets busted out of jail and this filthy you know rich guy busts him out and he's like he tells him, put together uh, an elite team of paranormal experts and bank robbers, and I want you to steal this ghost from a haunted house. And the the haunted house is like a, like a hell house style, it's very overtly haunted. Mm. You know, it, it's it's like a heist story, 
and a haunted house story. So I just figured I'd throw that out there. And that's an image comic book published in 2013. It's it's pretty solid. It's great. I've read it. Oh, you read it? Yeah, you, yeah. Like Joshua it? Williamson. I love it. He did he did Nailbiter, which is amazing. If I'm I think I'm pretty sure he did Nailbiter, which is great. Uh-huh. Um, which uh, if you haven't read it, it's about um, this town out in I don't know the West Coast that has had 13 serial killers come out of it. And uh, they don't know why, so the, the the story is trying to find out why. So, but anyway, Joshua Williamson did that, and he also did Ghosted, which I love. Ghosted is like um, Ocean's Eleven meets Hell House. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's great. I think actually, like the the synopsis says, Ocean's Eleven meets. They didn't say Hell House, but I think they said something really? like that. Okay. Yeah, so you actually yeah. nailed that. Right, I think they they might have said like House on Haunted Hill or something mm. like yeah. that. Yeah. All right, let's hit uh, let's hit that beer three. Beer number three, Ballast Point Brewing Company. To the main section of the podcast. This is called Sour Winch. It's a blackberry ale. I picked Sour Winch because Dr. Montague's wife, Mrs. Montague, <laughs> is one sour winch, let me tell you. Uh, also, I, I got to say, this is a little bit red. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Kind of, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's nice. a purplish beer. Reddish purple. Like blood. Like blood, yeah. I see what you did there. I've liked all these beers. This is um, not too sour. I'm I'm not big on sour beers, but this, this is okay. It's okay. So, let's see here. What, uh... We just want to... So, for the people who can't see you... <laughs> Zach very loudly pointed... Chastised me. ...at Miguel's glass of... <laughs> Sour wedge and pointed at another table for the movie. It. Yeah, it's just that it was a little close to my computer. It felt a bit the, racial. Was, oh, shit. <laughs> Here's the Cut that one out. So I'm going to edit that out. I, I, I'm going to write a sentence in Shirley Jackson style. Okay. Zach pointed angrily <laughs> and hurriedly at Miguel's glass of sour winch, which Miguel drank quickly mm-hmm. and refreshingly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, Shirley Jackson she, has a fucking adverb every other sentence. Okay, she's good at some things. I, okay, if if you could, would you read the, the first paragraph? I, I have it on the notes, because okay. I think this first paragraph is fucking... Well, we'll get to that. Okay. No live organism can continue for long to exist sanely under conditions of absolute reality. Even larks and catadids are supposed, by some, to dream. Hill House, not sane, stood by itself against its hills, holding darkness within. It had stood for 80 years and might stand for 80 more. Within, walls continued upright. Bricks met neatly. Floors were firm and doors were sensibly shut. Silence lay steadily against the wood and stone of Hill House. And whatever walked there, walked alone. We're going to have a moment of silence while we think about that. The silence carried over the room (laughs) silently. (laughs) Okay, that first paragraph's pretty, pretty phenomenal. Uh, uh, that first sentence, um, like with the catids and shit, like I don't know about that, but I can't pronounce things. Dude. I'm sorry. Or, or, I don't cate it. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't want the. It's, it's just call them fucking grasshoppers. That's what they are. But aside from that, kind of like kind of weird first sentence. I think the rest of that paragraph is like a ten out of ten. I no, just, that's a great paragraph. I, I think. She opens her her novels incredibly well. And by the way, I, I I'm I was able to get over the adverbs because she's such a phenomenal writer. Anyways, 
the imagery in the book is great. Yeah. The development is great. And this is this like the uh the yellow wallpaper is kind of watching somebody go crazy. An unreliable narrator right. for sure. Right. And it's so it's first person. But, but but it's definitely limited. It's lim it's third yeah. person limited yeah. to an unreliable Eleanor. Yeah. Nell. No. But it's like the way she does things is a repetitiveness to her, to her style where she's constantly singing song lyrics to herself. Yeah. And she's she's thinking one thing, which are just vile, evil thoughts, and then saying something completely different. And the way that imagery is done is so masterful. I mean, she is a great writer, so you're able to get over the adverbs pretty easily. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. I, I loved it. This was my favorite. Okay, can we we'll hold on real quick and just do like a quick summary... Because this is the quintessential haunted house horror book. And it set the genre like of the haunted house. It set up how these characters interact. So if you want to just like quickly go it's you know, four characters yeah. staying in a haunted house and the haunted house has a history basically. Right. And you know, we got we got some mediums, um, slash you know, t- type of paranormal people, and then we have like a researcher slash doctor, right? Um, and then we have the the Dudleys, yeah, who who take care of the house, yeah, and they're just weird. They're, they're like they're basically part. They're basically a structure in the house, yeah, that leaves at night. <laughs> and then uh, Luke, Luke right? Was, yeah, Luke's, family member, yeah, the, and that's just to, to maybe round it out, yeah, humanize, yeah. round it out, like a more rational character. Plus, but he's a thief in a lot, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a romantic interest in a three-way. A, a, a triangle. A rogue. <laughs> yeah. Almost, if you will. Um, so did, did you want to summarize the story a little bit? Or I mean, I think that that's, a, that's the premise. Yeah. So I think that we're good on that. Like, if we, I, I was yeah. going to say, that, that out of all the stories we read, this is my favorite story. Yeah. And, BTFO. Yeah. What the fuck, man? The, okay, we'll, we'll get we'll get. Here's the reason why, yeah. can I just say. So I love Richard Matheson. I love everything he's written. But Richard Matheson is like Grindhouse compared to Shirley Jackson's uh, just this independent, beautiful independent movie. It's two different types of movies. And while I love Grindhouse most of the time, I love Shirley Jackson's writing. And uh, so that I like this one better. I like them both. I'll get the fuck out right no, now. You want no, 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 dude. I don't want you to get the fuck out, okay? Yeah, he's not a host. He's not. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have to be here. I like him. You know what? I think your voice is very cool on the microphone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, you're making me feel some feelings. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to say I got that, a radio voice. Yeah, you do have a radio face. voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And a radio face, by far. You, if, if it was anything about you, your face was made for radio. Yeah. <laughs> um... I I really like Shirley Jackson's. I really like this book. I loved it actually, but I like Matheson's better because it was Grindhouse. Because it was so in your fucking face. The things. So we were talking about the unreliable narrator. So I guess it's accepted that this house is haunted in a way, but to the extent of which it was haunted, we don't know if Nell is just making all this shit up in her head about what she's seeing. Is we, she's so unreliable. She's obviously by the end of the book, she's totally off her rocker. I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's hard to say. Is it actually like a haunted house, or if it's just like a type tale of psychosis? I, I think that to me, the way I read it is that it's a psychosis tale, and 
that's how I interpreted it. And I think it's like the same thing with uh, with um, Turn of the Screw and um, Yellow, Yellow wallpaper. wallpaper. Both of those are – they're in the same vein. But I think that they're a little bit – they show a little bit more of the supernatural imagery versus the supernatural occurrences in this book is – they're, they're banging – It's know, like poltergeisty po- stuff. Well, but but it's it's poltergeisty stuff, but it can be explained. Right. There's a, the only one thing that can't be explained to me. I think is like when they say, "Hey, she had rocks fall in her house for a week straight yeah. at the beginning of it." Like I, I think that's like o- the only supernatural phenomenon that can't right or right. Well, there was also like banging on the door that both of them heard. Right, both women heard. As far as we know, both women heard. Yeah. See, that's the other thing. Like, as far as we know, because we're kind of seeing it through Eleanor's perspective, right? Right, but... Um, but someone... It, that could be Luke. That could be anything. Like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that that's not overtly supernatural. Mm-hmm. There's nothing supernatural about banging on the door. Right. As, at least the way it was presented. Yeah. Well, um... And there's, but there is a mystery around the, in the whole thing because the Dudleys they leave. Why do they leave before nightfall all the time? Why is she so uh, adamant about being at a certain time? Why doesn't Mister Dudley let them in at first? Yeah. You know, there's all these weird things about the house. The house is weird. Everyone knows that. Um, but there was so when it comes to repression and stuff like that, uh, Nell is obviously in love with Theo, Theodora, mm-hmm. in the story, and Theodora seems. From the very onset, there's a flirty nature between the two. And as soon as Nell says, I'm, after we after this whole thing is done, I want to move in with you. And Theodore's like, what the fuck are you yeah. talking about, dude? Like, yeah. No fucking way. We'll write to each other, maybe. <laughs> we had the weekend. That's <laughs> yeah. Good, yeah. Um, so there's definitely that. And, you know, how early? I mean, this is a pretty early in the 20th century book. Well, when was this written? This was 59. 59, okay, so it's halfway through it. Yeah. But still, I feel like that's a pretty envelope-pushing theme to to to, uh, to explore. Yeah. I lo- I loved her character development. Mm-hmm. Her characters... I, I um, Hell House, I wanted those people to die. I didn't care about them at all. In, in uh, this one, I really liked the... The, the care she took in developing these these people, you know. Um, yeah. So that's one of, you know one of the reasons why why I enjoyed this one. I I liked it a lot. The only thing ever since I've read you know on writing by Stephen King, and he is a hypocrite when it comes to this. This is adverb rule, but Shirley Jackson surely could have cut some <laughs> of those adverbs in a hurried yeah. fashion, but she would have said hurriedly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I really like it. What do you think about it? Did you like it? Yeah, no, I, I like it, but I do think that I like my horror grindhouse. I like more of a gratuitous and more visceral take on, yeah, on yeah. horror. And and I think maybe a lot of it is because like I'm such a skeptic and so when when things are presented in such a way that can be interpreted in, in a skeptical manner, then I'm gonna say, Okay, well this is not a supernatural tale, this is like a psychosis tale. Yeah. And I mean, that's still interesting, but, and, and I think she does write beautifully, yeah. but it's, and it's just personal preference. And mm-hmm. like, I guess we'll, well, if I could just say one more thing, yeah. one of the things that I appreciated, and you know, this about me is I don't like sci-fi very much. And so <laughs> hell house, he is making up a bunch of <laughs> science stuff. Yeah. 
which, you know, in his book, it's taken for fact. Yeah. Whereas with in Shirley Jackson's The Haunting of Hill House, it's more left up to you. And it's never this uh, gimmicky stuff. It, it is what it is. It's, it, it's a haunting or it's psychosis. There's no in between. And it's it, none of this uh, made up science that I just I don't I don't tend to go for. Well, Hell House was I mean, it, it was you have to wonder if it was even like intended to be funny. But early in the book, it's kind of funny when they have all these scientific words. Yeah. It's like, oh, the phimblometer, you know, <laughs> yeah. it was off the charts, and the ectoplequinter, you know, it's just like a little ridiculous. That being said, though, Hell House is <laughs> the shit. Well, I do, I do want to just do a little shout out to uh, House on Haunted Hill, which was, uh, I get them confused if it was uh, Corman or Castle who directed it. Do you remember? Oh, William Castle, I think. Uh... Is it William Castle? I think or? William Castle, yeah. Okay, I just get it because they're both schlock, and I love them both, but I don't know if you guys have seen it, but same premise, where it, it's, and this was the first, I don't know which one came out, but they were both the same year, and they both have the, hey, we're going to get, we're going to have a bunch of people come into this haunted, ha- haunted house on a mission, mm-hmm. and in this one, like, they're going to be paid to stay the night, mm. and uh, I mean, it's just, it's cheesy, it's, I love it, it's mm. one of my favorite, it's like a go-to um, Halloween movie yeah. for me, but it's just that similar setup, not, like, premise where you, you know, and then same thing, so I'll just, like, move on to Hell House. William Castle, yeah. Yeah, okay, so it is William Castle, yeah, so you know it's just, like, he was just trying to get butts in the theater and, yeah. like, be... Oh, he's always doing that. The tingler. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah he did but that. I think this might be the... I think it could be the best. What? Didn't he do 13 Ghosts? Yeah, but I haven't seen that one. Okay. <laughs> so that's the way you've seen it. Okay, um, All right, so... Well, yeah, let's just... So I've got Mouse. in the air thing. The best of what you've <laughs> seen. Okay. <laughs> so this is Richard Matheson. He's God mode. He yeah. wrote uh, I Am Legend. He's credited with some of the best... Uh, episodes of Twilight Zone, yeah. including um, like uh, Nick of Time and Horror at you know or Terror at Three Thousand Feet, yeah. um, which was you know adapted for the movie. So this was him in nineteen seventy one. This is a like reaction to Shirley Jackson, no doubt. He read Hill House and he was like, "Fuck no, this is how you do it. Yeah. This is how you do horror. There is no like." There's no question whether there's paranormal. This is fucking gratuitous. It's the same premise, you know, uh, uh, except this time it's like an old dying guy from a large company hires a team of three people. Uh, again, one's, uh, it's the same thing. One's a, uh, a paranormal researcher, investigator, and two are medium slash psychics. Yeah. One uh, has a past with the house. Yeah. The other one's just like kind of like a, you know, she's just trying to get money He's gonna pay him like a hundred thousand to 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 see if there's life after death because he's dying and he he, he wants you know. So um, did, did Matheson write anything where he said it was a definite answer to it? Because I mean, there's a there's a gap in decades, right, between these books? Or well, or yeah, that... I mean, one's one's basically nineteen. I mean, it's it's twelve years later. Twelve years later, okay. So it's not that long, but yeah. he would have had the time to stew in. He's this great genre yeah. writer. He's been writing for magazines. He's been yeah. writing for TV. And then Shirley Jackson comes around. 
And then now she has all this literary success. Yeah. And I don't know. To me, this is it's a classic. This is a classic genre literary. Yeah. To me, and, and that's what it is. It's. It, I prefer, generally speaking, I prefer genre over literary. And so, I feel like that's what happened here. It's like he he looked at this literary person who's winning, you know, these world fantasy awards, I believe, and like things like that, where she's getting genre recognition, recognition, and he's been in this game for like doing, like, grunts, like, he wrote science fiction, like, yeah. all the time, so, like, he's immersed in, in, like, the cons and all that, like, the world yeah. cons and shit, and I think, like, maybe he was like, nah, it's time to put it into this, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you how you do the same thing, but you do it, but we do it my way, and it's gonna be bloody, it's gonna we be, we do just, it the man's way, yeah, <laughs> it's very, it's very, like, all these there's titties all the time, and there's like butt sex. There's, <laughs> yeah, it's. A, this, I, I zoned in on the butt dude, sex. Dude, this <laughs> is like a roller coaster of like, you know, it's definitely haunted, yes, but a lot of the haunting stuff plays on each character's psychology too. Yeah, like you know, the wife who is just so grabby and feely after she signed some pictures of an orgy. You know? Yeah, it's like oh yeah, because you're married to a guy whose dick don't work. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like all these things, the classic. Like, now she's pushing sin. the lesbian because, right. and that well, that's why I feel like it has to be you know repost to to Hill House because it has that lesbian angle. It has yeah all of these things that you see in both. Just but uh, <laughs> and, yeah, you know level no, they eleven. Went to 11. 10. They were, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah, definitely. They plugged an acoustic guitar into an amplifier and then smacked <laughs> the motherfucker. Yeah. You know? Yeah, dude, I loved it, and I, I loved it for the reasons that you loved it. It's just like a chainsaw compared to a butter, you know, like, like a Swiss Army knife. I think this know? is so interesting because, like, I'm the horror guy who yeah. watches slasher movies all day, and I'm like, Shirley Jackson writes so beautifully, <laughs> like, and then you guys are like, no, chainsaw and blood, and we're the sensitive writer type. <laughs> <guys. Yeah. laughs> um, no, I, I liked it, but um, I, I think. Where we're talking about Shirley Jackson and how simple the story was, here the story is so convoluted. Really? Yeah. How is it? It's the same story. Don't look at me with this. It's the same story. So shocking. No, no, no. Like it's the same premise. Yeah. But there's they add so many different things. Like, oh, is it uh, a number of ghosts? Adding or is it one ghost? Oh, is it the is it the father or is it the son? See, that's just see. I think you're splitting hairs there, though. (laughs) Is it one ghost or two ghosts? (laughs) It's fucking ghosts, man. You know what? Yeah. Well, I, I actually, to a certain extent, I like that about this because up until a third of the way through, there is absolute... Uh, oh, man, you're already getting into another beer. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you guys are slow. A, a, third, a third into it, report in the glass. there's absolute supernatural activity happening, whether it's ghosts whether it's people, evidence of people coming back from the dead, that's what the paranormal researcher is trying to figure out. Yeah. And um, that's what I appreciate it. It's, you know, it's, it's this layer on top of like, okay, well, you throw out skepticism because, no, there's absolute, for sure, like there's dishes flying around, yeah. crashing, destroying people, you know, r- right a third of the way in. Yeah. So you know that there's some kind of thing, but 
you don't know if it's like, well, is it this girl and she's like got like X Men style powers, right? And it's a representation <laughs> of that, like how the researcher is saying, yeah. Or is it what what the medium is saying and she's saying she's possessed? She's saying that there's and in with her possession, is it the main bad guy? Or his son, or like there's there's a mystery on her side as well. You see, he can't even keep it straight. Well, well <laughs> so this is just this is no, no it, it, being straight, it, it, it ain't the point. And you know what I mean? It, the point is, there's some fucking awesome ghosts and people die. Yeah. You know, there's some consequences. And then while at the end, you know, at the end of Hill House, somebody died, but it was because it was. Like, she was just so pissed off she ran into an oak tree. You yeah. know what I mean? This is like, mo- ghosts kill fucking people. Yeah. And they maim there's and they consequence. hurt people. Yeah, there's consequence to the haunting. There's consequence, you know, even if you choose to say, oh, it's, they're still punishing people psychologically, still consequence to it. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's what I like about it. Where I think haunting at Hill House was a little more of a character study of someone going crazy. The Hell House... You know, it's just... It's a setting piece. Yeah. It's a. Yeah. It, it's all about, like, hey, let's look at this, like, look at all the goose, the ghosts and the yeah. ghouls and, like, let's the crazy these, shit. Let's put, these, let's put these people in a, in a, in a tank yeah. and fuck with them. You yeah. know? Like, I, and I feel like, as a writer, that is the most fun thing to do. Yeah. Because when you're writing and you have, like, a definite plot or a character, that can feel a little bit, like, prosaic. But when you say, like, you know what? Let's see how far I can take this. And I feel like Matheson did. Let's oh, see how far I can take like, this. I'm going to have a body yeah. count. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's basically a, a ghost slasher film. I mean, yeah. bodies were dropping. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love Richard Matheson and I love this story. But in comparison to Shirley Jackson's story, I, I defer to that one. You're just an art guy, dude. Yeah, uh, yeah. You just, you know, you dude. You know. Guys, you go read your literature. Uh, could you pass my wine and cheese? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's get some wine. Oh, I'm sorry we brought beer, dude. Uh, where's the charcuterie? <laughs> uh, well, shit. So, what's the next beer, dude? It's, it's in here, right here. Yeah, there's Lone Star. There's more, more of that sour beer if you want. No, I'm good on that. There, there was a um, oh, sour winch. No, there was an adaptation of this uh, to a movie, which I. Do not recommend at all. Okay. It is terrible. There's no gratuitous. It's basically just the haunting of Hill House, but like or the haunting movie. Yeah. Like it's like that, but with you know no tits, no tits. Yeah, no tits. <laughs> no, it's just like it, there's no really cool shit that happens. So did you guys read the book? I know you've read it before, Zach. But did you read it like in book form or were you doing Audible? Like, no, I read it in book form. I read it in book form. Okay, yeah, I read because it. Audible, I dozed off. I can't do audio books. Really. Okay, because I was doing an audio because uh, I had other shit to do. It's obscene to hear somebody talking about somebody's member or their sex. Oh, yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah. That was, <laughs> or like, it's, even reading it was weird. It's yeah. like slipping in like through the back door. <laughs> yeah. I forget. Well, he, he actually uses the word rectum. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> So I, I was like, wait, what's that? Excuse me? Okay, so so I, I actually think that's a little bit of a, like a generational thing because you're still pushing boundaries and stuff. And I feel like today someone say, oh, he just stuck his dick in her ass. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, I feel like that's how it would be written. Yeah. Exactly. But 
At that time, it's still like, you know, it's, when it was in the 60s, I mean, still pushing a pretty big boundary. So, well, and he, and he would have been like, he would have been in the game for a while. He'd yeah. been writing for a while at yeah. that point, so he would have been older. But so a member is like, yeah, yeah. Thing, how it's been, when I read <laughs> member, I was like, what God, the God, fuck? Like, she grabbed his sex and rubbed it against her. That was one of the lines. <laughs> yes. Like, it's either okay. cock or it's nothing. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, cock, dick, Johnson, <laughs> ding dong. Give me something other than member. Yeah. His sex. Yeah. That would be the worst erotica. Yeah. <laughs> she grabbed his member and rubbed it against her <laughs> So when, I, when I'm listening to this book, and then this, when that part happens, that's when my wife chooses to walk in. And I'm like, God were, damn were you Were you listening to was, it like on your headphones, or were you listening no, to it like... On the phone, just like speakerphone. Like, oh, like, wow. Shit. What did Hillary... <laughs> what, what was her reaction? She was just like, she was just shaking the head and walking back out. That's <laughs> you Were you like, Zach's making me shit? <laughs> yeah. She's walked through worst parts of... She's caught me in worse predicaments. I'm just like, <laughs> like watching actual porno. What? <laughs> On a speakerphone? Uh, real quick, I did want to say I like having a bad guy in a book. Hill House, woman versus herself. Yeah. Society. Or, you know, all this. This is like. I don't like the way you said that. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it. Either. What are you trying to imply? I'll edit it out. Okay. <laughs> So, Grady did it in Horror Store, but those are definitive bad guys. Like, right. So, the bad guy in this is a ghost that's basically like, was it Aleister Crowley, but more satanic and evil. Like, a version of Aleister Crowley, but like. In Horror Store, I felt like it was more of a cartoon bad guy. Mm -hmm. Where in Hell House, it felt like like, like a real. Bad guy, you know, like, yeah. like a real bad fucking dude. Whereas the the horror store was like, I'm a prison, I'm a prison punisher, and yeah. had this whole affectation <laughs> to him. It was like everything about him was a character. That was another thing. Which that, is okay. Like in, in Cold Heart Canyon, is it's the same thing where someone has this. These both of these characters are like love to be like sexually depraved and like do this like weird, you know, have a bunch of people together orgies. And then just be super evil with them. And that was the Katya character. And so it's a very similar... I feel like Clyde Barker read Hill House and was like, I want to do like a Hollywood... Or sorry, Hell House. And he said, I want to do a Hollywood version of this. Yeah. You know, and I want it to be even more... It's even more gratuitous. Like, it's even more sexualized in, you know, Clyde Barker fashion. Right. But I still prefer Hell House... But, you know, if, if you do like Hell House, I would say you should definitely check it out, Cold Heart Canyon, because it's similar in that it's so depraved. And then yeah. it has one of those bad guys that's, like, very similar, just a female version. Yeah. And she's alive, too. Okay. And, and she's, like, she hasn't aged since the 20s, so it's kind of... Oh. Okay. Anyways, yeah. Well, so I was going to say, for one of my favorite parts for Hell House is when he's going through the history of the house and how depraved and all the acts that acts that they were doing. It started out as it kind of like became a cult and it was like a sex cult. And then it just, they just became animals sort of thing. Like that part was probably my favorite part. And Hill house kind of had a similar part to obviously not as depraved and all, but just that history part of it. 
I felt like that that was like my favorite part of the. Of the- I, I think that um, you you have to have that to have to have all these channeled ghosts in a certain area. Yeah. Like you have to have a traumatic event and then to center it around like a really evil person. Mm-hmm. I think Hell House did that really well. I will say though, for Hill House, Hill House is my favorite description of a of a haunted house setting. Because the way she describes the the strange architecture mm-hmm. and like you know the the turret that they they yeah. dr- they walk up in and th- that's just like really bizarre and and it, and I think it is her writing style it, and it could be the fact that it's a psychosis story right. and I think psychosis psychosis stories like lend to just to set, like a feel of bizarre setting a little bit yeah. where it's something that's gratuitous, you know, they're going to get into the details, but you know, I'm going to be with the, with the whimsicalness of how strange a setting of Hill house can be. You know, it's like, I, I feel like I understand Hell house. I feel like with Hill house, I don't understand it. And there's something whimsical and, intriguing to me about that and that i prefer that specific house over hell house but again novel wise yeah love the hell house love the hell out of hell house yeah i mean i I like both those books yeah almost equally but my aesthetic i mean just (laughs) as a person who who, 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 i've read your story yeah right i know i mean i just like to go i I like when it goes overboard but there's no mcdonald's there's no mcdonald's no fast food that's kind of before that era though the, even the beginning, when they walk in, the record starts playing. And that, to me, is just, like, the perfect creepy setup. And that shit works today, too. Yeah. Was It's even more doable with, like, Google Home or Alexa. Yeah. You walk in, hello, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I, what, what do you want to do today? <laughs> yeah, the, the Aleister Crowley-type character, he's, like, recorded his voice, and then as soon as they walk in, he has it rigged to where it'll, it'll play, you know, this greeting. It's super creepy, and that, it's creepy, it, it's unsettling, and that is the most tame part of the book, basically. Yeah. You know? There's a few things that, like, I feel like maybe haven't aged well, and I think it's, like, a um, what's in the lexicon for horror yeah. currently, like, and I guess Grady's book did this too, but, like, characters who's, like, snot up ectoplasm... I guess that was, like, a thing back in, like, the 60s and 70s that, like, ectoplasm was, like, this scary thing. And it's, like, okay. it's, that's kind of... I've, I've, I've got an aside. I've got an aside for this. <laughs> yeah. Dan Aykroyd. His dad, his dad was, like, a paranormal researcher. Yeah. <laughs> he, he invented the word ectoplasm. Oh. Which is, yeah, which is why Ghostbusters, like, in Ghostbusters, they talk about ectoplasm so much. Yeah. yeah. And if you actually go to Book People, I'm sure you'd find it. There's a, there's a section in Book People called Paranormal Studies, and it's like, it's a shelf wide. And Dan Aykroyd's book is the first book there, because the last name's Aykroyd. And I forget <laughs> what it's called, but it's basically a dictionary and, and like a, and a, and a history of hauntings and all that kind of stuff. But Dan Aykroyd's dad invented the word ectoplasm. What was the ghost name from Ghostbusters? Was it Plasma? Slimer? Slimer, okay. Yeah. Plasma. Dude. But, 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 well, did they... Don't judge me. <laughs> did they actually call it ectoplasm? In Hell House, or Hell House, or but it was it, no, it was no, they did say ectoplasm. okay, okay, yeah. yeah. See, I haven't read a lot of ghost stories. Uh, ghost stories, or haunted houses aren't typically my genre, so I haven't read a lot of them. But so that seemed kind of new to me, and I like and I like that. Sorry, but you're saying 
They yeah, do that to, a lot. to me, it just feels it's not scary, and it's like I liked how. Uh, the immediately the scientist is like, this is her psychic yeah. phenomenon. Right. I, I really like, physical. yeah, becoming yeah. Fi- you know physically manifested. But it's basically like snot and other particles, and he actually gets into that. I kind of, you know, yeah, I was doing like fiber, that. yeah, like this fiber, you know, this snot Gosh. stuff's like coming out of her, and it's like, and, and um, horror store does that as well. Yeah. And then a character dies, like, immediately after, yeah. which was, like, my favorite part of Horror Story. It didn't, you know, peak there for me. Yeah. The ectoplasm part, I thought, was a little bit goofy in Hell House. Yeah, I agree. Um, but it happens so early in the book that it doesn't even matter. It's like a drum solo in a song, you know? <laughs> it's like, they're going for it, but you still don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> That sweet, sweet drum solo? Yeah, sweet drum solo. Hey, sweet, dude. I know you can play the drums, but how about you just keep the fucking beat and let the guitar player do the work, right? (laughs) So can we talk themes running throughout these books that we've read in short stories? I I always look for themes from people. uh, Me and One of the things that I noticed was, and it just drives me crazy, is tropes. And obviously, some of these stories are early on, so... They invented these tropes, right? Yeah. But for me, the the woman who can't do anything, or you know, the woman who's helpless, the helpless the invalid woman, woman. Yes, <laughs> it's so annoying to me. Which which is a breath of fresh air with goals, with a horror store. Yeah, because it, she's yeah, the main character. And she's, yeah, yeah. You know, so. well, I agree. I actually really like the characters in horror store. Right. Yeah, and the characters are great. Uh, I think there's an active these days. There's an active. Um, Dismantling of that trope. Yeah, I mean, even in horror movies today, it's like it's not only the last girl standing; it's, it's the like the last, last girl badass killing everybody. Yeah. yeah, living to tell another, you know, to, to, to yeah. for another day. Um, but the interesting thing too is that some of these tropes, where it's like a, a, a it's it's a, the invalid woman or whatever, yellow wallpaper written by a woman, right? Haunting a hill house written by a woman. Yes, and I I, I don't think that's I don't think that's, that, that that they're saying. Oh, we're so weak, we can't do anything. I think it's an active criticism of, of society. society. Yeah. And, yeah. And how, like, look, this is what you see us as. Yeah, like, right. the main character in Yellow Wallpaper, she's being oppressed by her husband and by physicians saying, hey, like, you need to go to sleep. You need to, like, just rest and stop being so goddamn nervous. It's stressing yeah. me out. Mm. And this... This is like the 18th century of saying, like, "Hey, no, it's like I'm fine. Yeah. You know, just fucking chill out." Yeah. Well, and here's the other thing too: is at the end of Yellow Wallpaper, um, the the husband is confronted with what he did to his wife. Yeah. And the wife just steps over him. You know? pa- it's like a good yeah. passes out. Yeah. He passes yeah. out like yeah. a little bitch. The other thing is like, whoa. D- well, oh, you just you'll just edit that out. Well, yeah, I'll edit that. He passes out like a little. Uh, bro. I was gonna say cunt. Like a bro, like, dude. Yeah, like that bro. doesn't work either. Huh? Passes out like a bro. Yeah, dude. Like a bro, like a bro at fucking Rush Week, dude. <laughs> like a limp dick. <laughs> right, so, but then she, like, Just she's so releasing, she's trying to release all these women yeah. from inside of the yellow wallpaper. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we're, like, reaching this opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it yeah. takes five beers to get there, but man, that story all of a sudden became a great critique <laughs> of the patriarchy, dude. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, yeah, that was what I I really liked that one. So That's, here's what what my critique is of Hell House, 
Whereas Hill House, Hill House written by a woman and the characters are good, um, you know, representations of women. Hell House, they're just there for sex. That's it. In my, in my opinion. I don't like you challenging my favorite. <laughs> uh, uh, we're going to edit that out. <laughs> I would say this, though. The yellow wallpaper was the most surprising for me. Like, it was, yeah, it was like, it was the best read. I mean, it wasn't the best read, but it was, it was the most surprising because I didn't expect much out of it. Just right. it was a short day. story. It was a short, but it was the most surprising about how much I enjoyed it and how much it said. And as I trade more, I'm realizing it said a whole lot more than I initially expected. But you know, Hell House was still the shit. Dude. <laughs> Turn on the screw, dude. We don't give a shit about your literary. We I got like, major We like titties. All right, Miguel is great, but thanks. You can go now. Dude, uh, we're the hosts of this podcast, so you can take your ass out of here. Okay, but but the worst uh, the worst person was the Turn of the Screw. There were basically like two chickens with the head cut off. They didn't know what they were doing. They're yeah. just running around screaming. It was so annoying to me. He could, you know, they just didn't have this, you know, like a strong representation of a female. That I'm so tired of the strong male or the the uh, the women, the woman who can't do anything. I want different stuff. So that's that's why when I'm reading Hell House, which I loved. It, it, it loses a little point. It just loses some for me. Yeah, I, I I agree. Yeah, I really agree because just the way the women are described physically, the imagery used, the, there's all this imagery describing the women, no imagery describing the men, yeah. e- except for, oh, uh, he uses a cane. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> whoa, what? That's the only fucking imagery you have for him? Well, but, you know, it, uh, there's also, like, oh, the breasts. And I was going to tell you, well, yeah. And then her breasts, what about the pants bulge, dude? <laughs> yeah, you know? her breasts weren't quite as big as the other chick's breasts, <laughs> yeah, and it's like, yeah. no, that—that's how you're going to describe it. Yeah. yeah, no, and I agree, but, but and, still, and it's it's not. I, I'm going to say it's not okay. You got to look at the time, and I'm not. I'm not saying it's okay for the time. I'm just saying that it's you know that's the vernacular. That's like how people fucking wrote stories and he was a genre writer he was a schlock writer well and he wrote some great stuff yeah. and he wrote some yeah, okay stuff but yeah I mean I think it, and I don't want to say par for the course but hey you know I mean, I don't want to say par for the course but I'm just saying as I, I think that we're examining and deconstructing these stories in a way in which the author didn't even intend to it's not like he was writing the woman to write a woman as an object, he just wrote the character as in you, which, uh, which unfortunately for him, he well, saw women as objects. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so we're, de- we're deconstructing these stories in a way that, you know, it, it's not that it's unfair. It's just that it's just, uh, you know, it's just a story about fucking taking it as far as you can, bro. <laughs> and what's what's funny to me is in the horror genre, specifically if we're talking about horror movies. More often than not, majority of the time, it, women are the lead characters yeah. in these movies, you know, because yeah. they're the final girl or whatever. So I'm used to seeing strong women. Like, yeah. you know, they, they fall, they break their ankle or whatever, but most of the but time they, they triumph and, yeah. over their oppressor or their, the, the slash of the killer or whatever. Yeah. So that's what I'm used to seeing. Totally, yeah. And then, so reading these, these stories, these old, you know, these older stories, it's like, oh, come on, guys. Um, Dudes, we're kind of woke. 
<laughs> dude, are, dude are, are you straight up like are we having a woke off are you trying to say you're more woke than me because you like Hill House more than Hell House yeah. dude I, well, I, I'm my wife there. beats me so there oh, so, you know, that's pretty that. woke dude that's woke. Hey, my wife beats me and I like it <laughs> okay Okay, so I'm sure we've missed your favorite horror uh, haunted house story. Yeah, we, I mean we we missed pretty big ones. I think Stephen King had a couple. Uh, maybe like, The Shining. <laughs> yeah, the Shining. Which uh, so the Shining. The Shining. Yes. <laughs> Simpsons, right? Simpsons, right? Simpsons, bro. Don't yeah, worry dude, about are you thirty-five year old <laughs> old <laughs> geriatric fucks, fucker? Uh, so so we probably missed your favorite book. Okay, sorry. But hopefully we talked about something you didn't read. Maybe we'll do a part two next time. Yeah. Who knows? Thank you, first of all, Miguel, for doing this. Thanks for having me, guys. We'll have you again. But the next episode, we're doing Cyberpunk. Yeah. And we're definitely getting Neuromancer. For sure, Neuromancer. Probably hit up Burning Chrome. Probably, there's another... Star's My Destination. Star's My Destination. That's like proto-Cyberpunk. I'm reading it right now, and like, yes with the corporations... Little, it definitely feels fifties, but we're we're still gonna go over it. Okay, so. um, there is uh, God, what was it? Do we should we do androids? Oh, we'll definitely do that. I mean, that'll be sprinkled in for sure. Yeah, but I think if you want to come, if you want to follow along with us, Neuromancer, Neuromancer for, sure. for sure, Burning Crown, yeah, <laughs> Snow Crash, Snow Crash. We're talking about Snow Crash. We got things to say about Snow Crash, and bring your game, people, because we are going to talk about. Ready Player One. We got a lot to say about to say. Ready Player One, and it's all glittering. <laughs> yeah. Let's leave that at that. Huh? All right, yeah. has been your one-stop shop for all things geek for years. But there's a side to them many of you have never heard. The subscription side. Subscribe and listen to great podcasts like The Breakfast Pub, The Original Gentleman, and the Watch a Movie With Us series. Head on over to oneofus.net and don't forget your towel.